0: Hello, I am Tracy Hitchings. My guest is Morgan Jones, composer, lyricist, bassist of New Zealand's folk rock band Grumblewood. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and a very good night to you wherever you are across the globe. I am transmitting from the Gold Coast in Queensland, Australia. You have tuned into Tracy's Prog World it's a wonderful day it's still crispy morning here on the Goldie and the sun has long since risen over the houses in my uh, preparation as Morgan is zooming in from Wellington in New Zealand's capital of course that's New Zealand's capital um, which lies at the southern tip of the North Island Um, I actually remember having a wonderful time in Wellington but first um, it got a bit scary as my bank card stopped working so um, I couldn't get a glass of wine for 24 hours I mean imagine the terror anyway um now it was back um it was back when i was about uh oh, I I somewhere in my early um 20s or late 20s and i went walkabout alone and uh so a little edgy for a while there, but once the cards started working, I relaxed and found Wellington to be full of culture, with amazing beaches surrounded by mountains, absolutely stunning. Uh, and before leaving Port Nicholson, that's Wellington, Wellington Harbour, to venture across the Cook Strait for the north tip of the South Island, our oh, New Zealand, your country rocks. And uh, speaking of which, so does Grumblewood with their early 70s sounding um, electric folk progressive rock. So waiting quite politely there, zoomed in, a warm welcome to Morgan Jones of Grumblewood. How are you doing, Morgan?
1: I'm doing very well, Tracy. Thank you very much for having me on.
0: Oh, you're welcome. So how are, how are you there this morning? How's your weather faring with you? I'm getting all into the weather lately. People are probably realizing oh,
1: enough. <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's, it's It's been cold, but we have uh, a blue sky today, which is well, It's probably still cold, but you know this, yeah. this is Wellington, where I don't are we're, we're renowned for our... Well refreshing weather, shall we say? Yes,
0: yes, um, I know. It but can it's, be windy.
1: it's 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 behaving itself tonight.
0: <laughs> yeah. It is, right. Not too windy.
1: <laughs> Not too windy. No, it's actually very still lately. So Yeah,
0: yeah. That's what yeah. it is here now. It's so still, it's beautiful. Yeah. So, um, okay, just to go in for a little bit of your to a little bit of your background, uh, Morgan. Um, you're a quartet inspired by the electric folk and progressive rock movement of the '70s. Um, the, the music that you um, write draws from the folk traditions and blends it with a bit of baroque, a bit of jazz, and a lot of rock, as you put it. <laughs> um, you have the you have your own original compositions using flute, mandolin mandola, banjo and harpsichord alongside with more typical acoustic and electric instruments. Grumblewood, yourselves, assigned to the UK progressive rock label Gravity Dream and your debut album, Stories of Strangers, was released in November 2020. It was recorded, mixed and mastered using only vintage analogue equipment and production techniques for that authentic early 70s sound so mm-hmm. that's that's just wonderful and i've been experiencing i mean i've recently learned of you through kev Rowland, reporting mm-hmm. here on my show tracy's prog world or tpw and i was um, transported back to a place and time in london england before i knew what prog rock was and okay. i fell head over heels with the first track i heard picturesque um, postcard and uh and yes but uh that reminded me so much of heart the early queen album sylvan's song dream of the archer and i started pulling all that stuff out you know so yeah so anyway before we go into your debut album stories of strangers mm-hmm. can you tell us all like here a bit about rumblewood how it came about
1: um it was just a, a chance meeting between myself and guitarist um sel Rukiki. um we, we I answered an ad he'd put up online. Um, we met and um, started working together, and found we had a lot in common. And um, you know, it's, it's, it's not a particularly glamorous story, but we met the other guys via Facebook and um, came came together and um, realised, yeah, know this is we have something here. Um, this is something we can we can um, that I think that's, that's, that's going to work and a sound that we enjoy and some interest in common and stuff like that. So um, that was back in about yeah. roughly I think 2016, I think it was. It uh, took a long time before we started. You know, before we were, you know, had enough songs to to gig and things like that. But um, but yeah, it's, 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 we're still the same four original members. We did have a violin player very briefly, uh, which just didn't work out. But um, other than that, yeah, we've been going for quite a few years now, um, which is <laughs>
0: so a lot of live work. But your first uh, debut studio album,
1: yeah. So um, yeah. So we we've been well. I so say we started that album. I believe it was the first time we started the tape rolling in 2018, um, and yes. it took us pretty much two solid years to record it, um, mm. and then finally release it in 2020. Um, obviously, because we're doing an analog, that it, it um, takes a lot a lot longer than <laughs> than, it, yes. than it does these days. But um, that's that's yeah. what we, how we suffer for our art. <laughs>
0: Yes, of course. I understand that. I did my first uh, uh, album in, in in that very same. And uh, yeah, it takes a lot of work, the splicing and the. All that. I, I I just loved mm-hmm. f- watching how that whole thing went on then, because you don't see it anymore the same way, you know. No, no, what you're it's doing.
1: A, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It it, it certainly has its pros and cons. That's for sure.
0: Yes, absolutely. But what you end up with is the most enriched sounds warm and real and so beautiful not overly played with even if he did but it sounds so that's how it sounds that's the beauty of it isn't it yeah now you were talking about um Salvatore Rikiki, Rikiki? I'm not sure the Rikiki, yeah. yeah. Um, he now he plays the guitars, mandolin, mandola, banjos, backing vocals. Now, the I love all those instruments. They're so beautiful of that era, the 60s, 70s era. They're stunning. That's when they came through in the rock sing to my memory. You know, I might not have that exactly right, but that's when I my ears up, you know, and uh, rediscovered that again later on when I came to live in London. And um, so I, I recognise that through your material, of course. Now, can you tell me about those members and what they play and about the instruments that they play?
1: OK, well, Sal, um yeah so he's, he, you know, his, his primary instrument is guitar. So he plays electric, electric guitar on most songs, but um, he plays on, on the album in particular a, um, a what's called a, a a banjo mandolin. It's kind of like a, if you imagine a uh, imagine a banjo with a short neck but and double double course strings like a mandolin and it's um he has a mandolin as well and we started with that but we decided the, the banjo mandolin just suited suited better. And so that that especially in Picture's postcard and also the title track.
0: I was gonna ask that question. Is that a banjo? Is it a mandolin?
1: <laughs> it's both. <laughs> that's amazing. It's both. both wow, yep. yeah. You know, a, a banjo and a mandolin had a baby together, wow. and that's what it is. So it's um yeah, so um so, yeah, so that, that's, that, that's what's recorded. And you can see that, um, if you see the picture postcard video on yes. YouTube, um, you can see a few shots of him playing that um, on stage.
0: And that's what it is. Right. I, I thought it was a banjo. I didn't think it was a mandolin because mm-hmm. I played with a mandolin. It yep. didn't look like that. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah you know, exactly. So, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's the best of both. Um, yeah. However, yeah. having said that, we nowadays, uh, since the recording, he plays on a mandola. Uh, He bought a new mandola, which is very beautiful, and that's sort of like a slightly different sound again. But it's, um, but that's yeah, that sounds really lovely. So I'll probably, you know, use the mandola going forward, especially live for that song,
0: yeah, yeah, Um, right,
1: yeah. Um, it's a bit of banjo, actual banjo on the album as well, and on the track Fives and Nines, and um, yeah, and so, um, and then also, um, you'll hear besides the usual bass and drums, and electric guitars, and acoustic guitars, you'll also hear a bit of harpsichord, yes, which is um. Mostly in um, Pictures Postcard and this, the Minstrel, and that was played by myself and actually myself and Sal and Gav in various various different points. So that's an that's also an actual harpsichord too, not a not a keyboard. That's a the the, 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 the genuine thing. It's, we we have it in the studio. It's a very interesting instrument to play. You can see why people use keyboards these days because they um um for, you know for anyone who plays a piano, you, you used to be able to. It's a very binary instrument. You you, you you hit the key and you either make a note or you don't. There's no softness or loudness. It, it's, it's, you know, it, and it's very unforgiving of when you're recording. If it, it, The slightest hesitation, you know, instantly becomes a, a beat at a time and stuff like that. So it was a, but it sounds great. It sounds fantastic. Absolutely. It?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've heard these stories before about uh, the hopsichord and uh, yeah, it, it's down through Prague. Uh, it's passed down, but when mm. it's why it's absolutely brilliant, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I I love it. It's, it's, a, it's a great instrument. It's really, yeah, challenging but but rewarding uh we, we, we can't use it live unfortunately because it's it's what well, we say it's a giant wooden thing that's delicate and would, <laughs> would break in the van and stuff like that so um which is a shame but yeah on the album it sounds wonderful so
0: you've got um gav Broomfield on vocals flute and acoustic guitar and loving the flute as well yeah
1: yeah so G- gav, gav gav's a flautist uh he's uh, he's classically, classically trained and um but obviously obviously does I think it gets into the jazz and rock styles of flute as well. Um uh, he's, yeah, and he's um, a lead vocalist and also um he plays acoustic guitar as well. So um yep. And then finally we have Phil Phil Aldridge on the on the drums. And he does pretty um, he's pretty of all of us, probably the best backing singer. Uh he does most of the backing vocals live when we need yeah, them. So yeah, um
0: yeah. And I'm yeah. I'm noticing things, but um about the way the music's played and the sounds that are coming through. But I'd like to go on and ask you before we get into the actual songs and that, I'd like to ask mm-hmm. you about um, combining folk and prog.
1: Well, uh, yeah. So, um, you know, it's other bands who've, you know, who've done that before. Uh, we're, we're sort of, um, I guess, we, we, we're, we're doing, treating similar territory, but, um, but it's both Cell and I quite enjoy um, and felt to um, the, that early electric folk like Fairport Convention, Steel Ice Band in particular, yeah. um, you know, Straubs, um, the Albion Band, stuff like that, that, that British folk rock. I've always always long admired that and we wanted to bring that element into what we do alongside, you know, the, the rockier, jazz, jazzier, jazzier stuff as well. So, um and then, obviously, you know I've also loved, loved progressive rock. Um, you know I love you know, bands like Gentle Giant, Jethro Tull, and you know obviously you know, the, the Genesis and things like that. Um, you know because we don't have a keyboard player, we don't we don't get we don't go down that symphonic route like a lot of those bands do. Um, doesn't doesn't work as well without a keyboard player. Um, but yeah, so but we, we're kind of kind of bridging both worlds we're not trying to be just prog or just folk rock we're trying to do a, a bit of both and more than the same song preferably so it's um you know, so, you know it does lead to the situation where sometimes if we're playing in more folk circles we're a bit too eclectic and electric for their taste and mm. if we're playing in rock or prog circles we're a bit too folky you know straightforward yeah, at times yeah. but you know but <laughs> <laughs> the people who like it they like it a lot so <laughs>
0: Absolutely. I, I can see that and I like it a lot. And uh, my husband's loving it too. So oh, wonderful. <laughs> we've been playing it a lot, actually, and talking about it. It's just mm. bringing all these memories up, but it's also got this wonderful freshness that we love. But again, before I get into that, I'm also curious about something you've said, Um, and we've just actually touched upon it, is uh, recording in analogue. In the 21st century, so you've talked about some of its difficulties, but not actually the detail of that. So it'd be interesting to know what the experience is.
1: <laughs> well, it's um, it's one of those things you start off and go, oh, this will be great," and then you get about a year into it and go, oh, "Why the hell did we do this?" <laughs> um, but <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's a uh, it's it's the thing I really love about working in analog is it it, it forces it changes it shapes your creative process in a way that. Um, in digital, just doesn't anymore. When you when you when you're recording in digital, you've got as many tracks as you want. As you know, you can cut 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 and cut and paste, in, and um, you can do fix. You can change, and, and, and all that's available to. And then technically, that means you're only limited to your imagination, which which I respect. Anyone who does that and can use that well, but I think have not being able to have all that access and actually going. Okay, well, what we what we commit to tape is what we have. We have to play well. Any mistakes that we make there's a choice if we keep them or not we have to um yeah you know, it, 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 it makes it more of an honest recording in a sense and you know in sure we we, we have plenty of overdubs and you know and, and it's some studio trickery and you can literally still cut and paste with analog but just literally with scissors <laughs> so um and it's it, it, it comes quite a bit of an art form in its own right um and sell sells he's the He's the whiz there, so he he's he's originally from Los Angeles, and he had a small studio over there, which is analogs. So um, he's been building his building a new one here, and so he's he, he had a bit of expertise there. So, and and, I, and the rest of us have been learning very swiftly behind him. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, but it, it, it is it, it's it's a uh, like the the mixing in itself is the performance. Um, like when you've got so we used um, two eight-track machines, so we had. Um, one one was from 1967 and one which was from 1969, and as you can imagine, they are quite temperamental, and um, had all sorts of, all sorts of grief of those, and you, know, you had to kick them in the right place to get them to go sometimes. But um, so you do it on two tracks. We do it in two stages. We lay down all the rhythm tracks, all the basic tracks on one machine, and then we bounce them down, and then do um, do the overdubs on the other machine, which kind of gives in the end kind of gives us about 14 tracks to work with. Uh, when it comes to mixing, however. Um, that's where you get the performance part of it because you've got all those 14 tracks, of all, the, all the different effects and compressors and EQs and things like that happening. And then you, you hit play on one tape machine, record on another, and then you have to go through the song live and every mute, every pan, every piece of EQ coming in, it has to be done at the exact right moment live. And when you're doing a long song like The Minstrel, which is eight minutes long, you know, you can get to seven minutes, make one stuff up, and then you have to rewind and start all over again. There's no, there's no, it's, it's all on the fly. So that, that that's a performance act in its own right. And we 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 certainly came to as the recording, you know, back in the back back when we were doing all the tracking and laying down all, all the tracks, which we did live in the studio. Um, all the all the bass and drums that you hear on the album are, are live one take. Well, not one take, but you know, they're all the same take. There's no interpolation there. They're all um the same. And then some of the guitars are also from those original. Takes and the rest are overdubbed, but um, we used to, you know, if we say you do something and go, ah. Oh. That was really good, except for that one little bit. That's all right. We'll fix that in the mix. And then you know, a year later, when you're doing the mix, you're why the hell did we say that? You know, <laughs> <laughs> so you can to rue yeah. those words. That it's just like oh, yeah, fix it in the mix. Yeah. You suddenly realise what that means to do fix when you're doing mix, yeah, yeah on, when you're on the mixing desk <laughs> and trying to get it done, and oh, it's, it's hard work. But but it's so rewarding. that's it. that's
0: a really a digital saying, isn't it? Fix it in the mix.
1: <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. Don't 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 do that Which in the analog. Be. Yep, yep. So next next <laughs> next album when we do it, it'll be like let's fix it. In the... No, no, we'll fix it now. because because of music yeah yeah that'll save us well, like-
0: that's that's the experience now isn't it mm. before you go mm. into your second uh concept album and as you were saying mm-hmm. yeah yeah so and so have you done much in the way of digital recording yourself
1: um yeah i have in previous bands um quite a while ago now um back before i had kids and things like that um that was also you know very uh, do-it-yourself type thing, which was um, you know, and, and digital certainly has its own challenges as well. Certainly back then, when yeah. before the technology was as good as it is these days. Um, yeah, yeah. I remember once in an old band, um, we had the, the computer we were using just wasn't powerful enough, and we had we could only like mix ten seconds at a time before it um, it it crapped out. So you know, there, there were challenges back then too. But but you know, the technology has improved massively, and um, you know, yeah. you know, yeah. it, you know, it's sort of I haven't recorded you know, certainly on a full album with the digitally recently. So I'm pretty yeah. quite astonished how simple it is these days. But um <laughs> but yeah, but we, you know, <laughs> we we were a little bit of suffering for the creative creative process.
0: Yeah. Right, and before I'm going to ask, go on to ask questions about your your second concept album, which obviously mm-hmm. is in in the head at the moment. Uh, let's let's stick to the one that you've just released mm-hmm. because I'm really enjoying this so much. It's um it's just really quite amazing. So, first of all, before we go into the songs, where where does Grumblewood the name come from? Why Grumblewood?
1: Um, it doesn't have a particular meaning. it, it, it was just a. Combination of sounds, you know, of syllables that sounded good to us. I think um, possibly, if anything, you know, there's the the, uh, um, there's the 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 concerts, you know, the Tanglewood concerts back in the day. I think that's a, a name that might have been sort of that sounds kind of cool, you know, and you know, and it, but it, it wasn't. It, there's no particular meaning from it. We wanted, I think, became we wanted the word wooden somewhere just to represent that folkiness. And um, you know, I don't, I don't think the grumble means anything particular. We're not, we're not, we're not grumpy, usually or something. So it's nothing sometimes. to do with
0: grumpy. It's just a word sound that yeah, you it, just, it, took it, it just to sounded nice. No, it right the
1: yeah, yeah. It sounded like it sounded like you know, a collection of syllables that work for what we sound like. I think so. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. it stuck, and yeah. we haven't changed it since.
0: Yeah, yeah. I almost called you Grumble Weed because that's my mother's nickname from her grandchildren. Grumble Weed.
1: Well, <laughs> <laughs> apparently, there was a <laughs> apparently there was a British comedy musical act or something called the Grumbleweeds. I'd never heard of I them. I think there
0: might have been. Yeah. And, oh, and, I think there was. The, perhaps that's what it was, actually.
1: Oh. Yeah, um, before, okay. before, before my time and certainly, I just, as far as I know, they never came to, never were popular here in New Zealand. But because um, certainly a few reviewers and such have, have mentioned the Grumbleweeds and um, I, I, I must go check out what they were like. Um, but, um, yeah, but that was completely coincidental. We'd, we'd never heard of them and um, until after people started making the connection. Wondering if we were some of them reformed or something. It's so, like nope. <laughs> Sorry.
0: <laughs> oh, so um just looking at the album a bit now. This is your first um studio album with Grumblewood. Mm-hmm. And um I've I was introduced to it by Kev Ronan. Well, you know, I'm noticing Different things, just because they're my experiences, I'm having them. They could be completely wrong in your, um, in, in your mm-hmm. concept of this whole thing. But I was noticing a, um, a bit of Cat Stevens in there, sounding to the vocals now and again, not mm-hmm. necessarily all the mm-hmm. time. And um, you know, you you kind of do these unexpected things, like take me back to the '60s, like Hey There, Georgia, Girl, with the Lynn, Lynn Redgrave performing, performed by the Australian group called The Seekers. I've just had moments that I'm being transported back to these places. Or was it Julia? actually said. St. Julie Christie in another film, walking down the street with a handbag swinging, and to that wonderful era of uh, music, so graciously so, and having brought that back to me. And you've led me all adrift and very discombobulated mm-hmm. actually with this album. It's just evoked so much in me. But what is magic about this is you have this fresh sound. Without losing that retro sound. So there's surprises in there. There's the drums I'm hearing. I thought, oh, they've not lost anything, but there's something different, there's something mm-hmm. new. And you know you could look at everything that you've got there like that, and there's some things that don't change, and yet it's fresh and new. So I—that's why I'm saying discombobulated, Morgan. You have <laughs> okay, me yeah. all discombobulated. So, you know, so I, I go through the album, and um, Picturesque Postcard was my first favorite because it's the first one I heard, and it brought back memories, as I said before, of the Little Queen album, Heart, um, Silver mm-hmm. Song, Dream with the Archer. I don't know if you know any of those. But oh, no, right? I know, yeah. uh, yeah. I do. Lo- yeah, I love yeah,
1: them. and which first two hard albums that I love. Really great albums. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I fell in love with them when I discovered them. And uh, that was probably my first taste of what prog was going to come to be for me. Um, you mm-hmm. know, even that they kind of go between. But uh, yeah. And we're listening to this album and I'm just hearing so many different things. I mean, uh, I, I just don't know how to say it. I mean, I'm thinking of the gigs I did with the Dutch band Focus. Um, mm-hmm. And there's all these different things that are coming in. There's everything coming in. And yet, I think what's most important, Grumblewood is Grumblewood. And I think mm. that's why this really works. You've really bought something uh, special back. I
1: oh, thank, you. You, thank in, you.
0: In your own unique way, you
1: know. Yeah, Yeah, I, th- I think we kind of had a, um, a an idea, of, uh, and certainly um, when we were doing, you know, how we wanted to produce the album, what we wanted it to sound like, we were kind of, um, I had the idea of, you know, like, you know, we, we love you know, a lot of art, artists from that era from the to the turn of the seventies, you know, sixties and late sixties, early seventies. Um, and in particular that, that that sound, that production quality, the way it's you know and I, I, I have a thing I I, I love going back because you know that was before my time I was born in 1978 so you know I wasn't there for that uh, I discovered I didn't discover that stuff until the 90s when I was a teenager went back and I just for me with the joy of discovering some old band that like, you know there's the obvious ones like Led Zeppelin and Deep Purple and stuff like that You know, discover those go back but then I are finding all these new rare gems like like a band called Rare Bird which is a, a prog band from you know from that era who unfairly forgotten sort of nowadays but um finding all that so in a sense out we wanted the album to be like almost like it was a a forgotten album from that time um you know it's it, someone could discover it, this guy's like oh is this from the 70s you know but it's not it's you know so there was a kind of somewhat conscious effort to make it like that and um, the production that we did certainly helps on that front too um writing wise um i guess you know i think we're we certainly i think it's you know, a lot of people, you know, quite fairly will compare us to Jethro Tull and, um, and they are certainly an influence, um, a shared influence between the four of us. But it's kind of, I think it's more that we're sort of, we're taking the folk rock and the, I guess, the classic rock, plus a few little modern influences as well and and combining them. And it comes out in a sense somewhat similar to, um, to certain aspects of what Tull were doing. I, I thought Kev Rowland was quite, quite on the ball when he took, described the Benefit album. Because um, that's that's very much sort of what you know of, of all the Tull albums. That's probably the one I'd say. Yeah, that's what we do. Sound a bit like that. Um, and whereas a lot, a lot of re- reviewers have compared us to say songs from the wood because of the more overt folkiness, which I don't think is right. Because yes, that's Jethro Tull's very folky album. But um, you know, that's a that they have two keyboardists on that album, and I don't think we sound anything like that. Other than the other than the idea of bringing folk and prog and bringing them together.
0: I think that's actually part of your magic. Actually, is not having those swirling keyboards. There's so much space here um, Mm. from the sound, and yet it's full, and you can really hear this album. You really hear it.
1: Yeah, we use some reverb on the album, but most of what you hear is this natural room noise, and 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 the mixing is just you know that's the you know the drums have that live sound because that's what they would sound like in the room, and um, yeah, but like as you say with keyboards, you know, I, I love. I love programs of keyboards. I love, you know, a good keyboardist can, it can be phenomenal. And I love that. It's just sort of part, partly, partly um, ego on my part, because as a bass player, when you have, when you also have a keyboardist in the band, you're, you're, you're fighting for the same space. You're, um, you know, <laughs> so, you know the, the keyboardist can do that on the on their left hand sort of thing, you know, if the, 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 if the joke goes, but, you know, as a bass player, I'm, I'm quite a, I play quite busy. I like to, you know, to, you know, push the bass and, and, do things that they haven't really done that much since the 70s, um, and when you've got a keyboardist in the band, there's at least much much less space for a bass player to do that. So, and plus, finding finding good keep good players these days is is tricky. There's plenty of great great out there, but I think I think because back in the 70s you had all these guys in these prog bands. They, you know, they there wasn't prog already; it didn't exist. They created it. But they learned, when they as kids they learnt they grew up in classical and jazz, and they they come from that era, and then they bring it to rock. And whereas these days, um, most keyboard players aren't necessarily being classically or jazz trained. They're they're growing up on rock music or whatever it is they want to do. And so it's finding someone who can do that is is tricky. And recently around the time we considered maybe should we get a keyboard player, but um, opted not to. And I'm pretty happy with the result. (laughs)
0: yeah I, I i can see that in this situation as to probably what the mat ma- it's probably part of your magic as to why it works and it's funny because i love the keyboards mm-hmm. i really do but I, I understand from a point of view you would say from a bassist point of view um i don't know whether you're fighting frequency or space but for me as a singer i love working with keyboards but you're fighting frequency it feels like every sound and mm-hmm. yeah you've got to choose what else goes on when you bring that in because i, I <laughs> some of the stuff that i've done is so busy going ah hang you know yep. <laughs> something's yeah. got to give you know but that's part of the process part of the learning and part of the fun part of the experiment you are experimenting but you know what you're doing you get it you know even though yeah. you didn't yeah. know certain things as you went along with what the analogue <laughs> would bring to you <laughs> that retro sound yeah, yeah. no exactly
1: yeah. I, I think we're fairly good at in the band at giving each other a space to move in you know Um Sal's a great guitarist to work with because he's you know he'll often not even play the low string you know he can say oh i'll assume he'll assume that i'm doing something down there so he'll leave it you know leave it open he'll focus on the you know uh, quite often in our compositions you know we're not no one's playing a full chord it's a case of between all of us we we, we create the chord so you know it's um it's all about leaving, leaving that space for each of us to work with which is great and not trying to you know anyone overshadow anyone as best as we can
0: Talking about the tracks, um, there's one track that I skipped past a couple of times. It wasn't my favourite, and I thought, no, that means there's something very important about it, and it's called the Sheriff Rights. And I don't know why I skipped past it. So I thought, I thought, no, come on, Tracy, you know, as a lyricist, as a singer, that is probably a pivotal song to the album because this, I take it, this is a concept album, right?
1: I'd say it's a themed album rather than a concept album. So, yeah, we we, we sort of got. I think we've got about six songs in, and, and we decided, okay, yeah, we're going we're gonna to record this. We're going to make an album. So it kind of said, well, uh, they, got, they got a point where when we're writing, and I said, well, what have we got so far? What themes do we have here? What, what you know, and what if we were to complete this as an album? You know, what, what more do we need? And Sheriff Eyes was actually the very last song we wrote for the album yeah. um, because that's one where we went, well, we've got, um, we've got a song like My Fair Lady, which is very. Sort of the folk storytelling type song, and you know, we we, we do that sort of um med- medieval um type um folk riff in the in the middle of the like you know the, the instrumental section, and we thought well, we need another song like that because we've only got the one at the opening of the album, so we did we did a second one. So Sheriff Rides uh, came out from that, and that's actually that that originated from a, um, a traditional folk song. It's it's known. It's, it's a, 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 there's one there's one called the it's the sheriff's no, yeah, the sheriff's ride which is actually not about like a, an actual you know sheriff with the badge and a gun and all that sort of thing at all it's actually about um, I believe uh, the sheriff of Litchfield I think it is someplace in England where and it's it's like a it's like more of like a ceremonial patrol that they do it or some sort of
0: when they had sheriffs
1: yeah yeah so that, you know so yeah so but um, it actually happened because so I was listening to an album um, by the Albion band. Um, and there's, they do um, a lot of sort of, they're, they're literally a song called Morris Medley. So it's a whole bunch of old Morris dancing tunes. Um, and it was one, it's one, I'm not, you know, I like folk, but Morris dancing's pushing it for me. Um, but, <laughs> I love Morris so dancing. Th- 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 this, th- this, <laughs> yeah, so this is like ten, a 10 minute Morris medley, and it was playing at the time, and I was in a position where I couldn't skip it. Um, and I, so I I never actually listened to it the whole way through, and they got to the very end, and I, and this, this they, they do, Part of, of this traditional song, the Sheriff's Ride, on there, and I heard it. And I, thought, oh, I hadn't heard this bit before. I've always skipped it before this, and, um, and, and so that, that opening melody from the Sheriff's Ride is the traditional so- tune. It's also, I believe, very similar, all the same under a different name. It's also known as the Ramble Tamble Tambi- Gypsy, oh. um, which is another old traditional folk song. I'm not sure if they're the same or that's similar or what the story is there. But so that opening melody, um, that's what you hear at the very start of, and the very end of This song, but we took it and um, I, I wrote I took the that opening phrase from the bass line and um, turned that into what's the chorus riff in that song, and um, yeah, so it's it sort of the middle, the entire middle of the song is not the traditional song, it, it's based on that rough, you know, sort of at the, at the front. That's that I borrowed that motif and just turned it into, into our own song completely. And we've taken the, the, the imagery of the sheriff and turned it into this sort of um, slightly supernatural um, tale of someone on the run sort of thing. Um, So, yeah, it's it's, it's very loosely inspired and based on an old folk tune, but that's that's how that song came about, and it was... um, it's a, it's a it's a very fun one to do live. Do
0: you know that that now gives me a whole different concept of going back in, <laughs> because mm. I love the whole I love the <laughs> yeah. whole album. It all it's all it glues together beautifully. Mm. It flows beautifully, but it's just not been my favourite one because we all have favourites, don't we? And um, oh, yeah, fair enough every single one of them I love I mean minstrel stories of the stranger I mean you know the guy can belt his vocals out. it's very falling isn't it when you first hear a picture postcards all quite nice and calm and it's just lovely <laughs> and you know but this guy's got a thick white voice and that's why I'm saying that's the cat stevens reference this lovely thick white okay, warm, yeah. warm voice that's just really coming across in the analog you know and I do love it when you're playing around with a little bit of reverb on things now and again that they might not have done in those days that's a little bit of freshness here mm. and there that gives it you know it's oh this yeah. is this is an album of now you know that's um and, and you've yeah. chosen the part so carefully where you're going to do do those particular things where they happen and I think that's what's drawing me in and there's some some lovely dark chords or in, in places I think oh that is that is just lovely don't ask me which <laughs> song but you know when you just yeah, yeah, you just yeah. melt into the whole thing and um yeah it's so live you've been because you're so blessed in New Zealand you've been able to go out there live haven't you and I know my man Kev uh, so Kev's reported upon you how great you are and he and um he's gone on about you and I thought you know what I listened to you guys I thought oh my god oh my god you know this can't be mm-hmm. now this can't be now <laughs> so yeah it, it's it's been such an enriching surprise so I'd like to know from the live point of view what you're doing out there and how exciting it is out there for you over there in New Zealand because you're all out there doing it aren't you <laughs>
1: Yes and no. So we, we had the interesting situation where last year, with you know, there was um, we were in the process of mastering the album when the um, when lockdown happened, and so that put a hold in everything. Um, we were also at the process of you know of sorting out with our label in the UK to of how we're going to release the album things like that. So we had this situation where we we were about to release this album. We decided we'd do it in November, and. Um, we had no idea at the time whether it would be possible yeah. to to play live turn out to release it or to tour or anything like that right. so that was kind of very tricky and so you know, we also sort of the, the mastering to, to got a lot more work than we expected to, to, to do so we kind of suddenly got the point and then suddenly lockdown ended and it was we were able to we looked up like, actually we looked like we are going to be able to play live um so let's quickly let's try to organize some things and um the problem was, is that because we'd, all, you know, we'd all been locked down, um, and it's sort of like every, every man with an acoustic guitar basically went, "Oh, I miss playing. I want to play." So all the venues just booked up solid too. Nice. So we were like, um, "Yeah." So we were asking around, and everyone was like, "Oh, sorry, we have got nothing till February." You know, until now, basically, because everyone, everyone's everyone just so keen to play and get stuff again. So we thought, "Oh, damn, we've, we've, we've blown it." Um, but we got got quite lucky, in since we um, we ended up doing a launch gig at a, um, at a very very nice little. Um, it's actually with the Wellington Bluegrass Society. Um, you know, we're not bluegrass at all, but they'd they'd seen us play at a folk festival a couple of years ago, and um, they were very happy to have us. That was a wonderful, really wonderful gig. Actually, it was really nice and intimate, and um, great chance just to connect with the audience and chat about the songs and stuff like that. And so that was really wonderful having a really good launch gig here in Wellington. And um, but we didn't get the tour in the end because it was just the logistics and the uncertainty with COVID meant we couldn't, you know, even around New Zealand. It's just, it's, it's yeah it was a big ask and quite risky and so but um but we've, we've played it live a few times since then as well um we did one really really good show here in wellington um at um at the, at the local botanic gardens It was um was something they put on every summer and we were very lucky that was happening and that was that was wonderful that was that was playing till uh, i think probably close to a couple thousand people actually um as part of the bill and um that was nice. It was a really, really great show. Lots of people, people up front dancing and stuff like that. You know? It's like people dancing to prog, you know, it does happen <laughs> sometimes. Yeah.
0: That's good. Yeah, we've got, to sh- we've got to shift it a bit, you know, <laughs> get them moving. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. Um, now you're you're looking into writing a concept album for uh, um, for the second album, I
1: believe. Yeah. So, yeah, um, that's the that's the idea. Now this all may change. I don't want to give too much away in case it does change. So, so we but um, we we are we have started writing. Uh, we've got we've got an idea in mind. Um, you know, sort of yeah. So yeah, I'm not yeah, I don't want to give too much away on that yet. But um,
0: right, of course, yeah.
1: Yeah, because like I said, it's, it's early days. We have a couple of songs mostly finished and several other songs sort of part way through. But we 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 take a long time to write. We we, we take our time over it. We really sort of rework and and um it's you know very, very you know it takes sort of a, couple, a good few months per song you know that we write you know and sometimes we work on several at the same time but um but yeah so but this, this time because we we had the theme for the you know the, we, that emerged from from stories of strangers but this time around we're gonna say okay yeah, we've got an idea you know we're gonna you know it, it started with one with, with one with one song i thought oh, hang on this is an idea we could expand and um we're going to do so so it'll be like it won't be like you know it won't be like a, like a narrative or anything like that it'll it'll be just you know a here's a here's a topic and we're going to look at this topic from several different angles and several different aspects and it'll be a, of, a cohesive whole with a you know where with, with the songs do kind of tie in together all like that so it's a that's an interesting and a challenging way for write, of writing because i've certainly i've certainly never tried to write like that before um and it's yeah
0: it keeps it fun, doesn't it? It keeps it fun when you've got some new things to look forward yeah. to, to try. You're not sure of. I think that keeps the excitement. Yeah,
1: because like, I'm because I like you know, I, I do I do the bulk of the writing, though the, the, the others um, that, that they write as well. But um, as a bass player um, and a composer, you know, it, it, it's, it's a, a different, it's an odd, interesting instrument to write from because I, I don't play guitar or. Um, your piano all that all that, well so you know, most bass players who write do tend to go to other instruments to do the writing whereas I, I don't I, I stubbornly stick on bass um so I'm, I'm I'm writing I'm writing songs from the bottom up which is not often the way that they they tend to go so I'll often I'll come up with a bass line and go actually you know what I'll make that the, vo- the melody the, vo- the vocal melody or the flute melody and um but I'm also very used to as a bass player being uh, you know you can't I can't direct like because I can't play guitar I don't I can't direct, you know, what, and I shouldn't direct what the guitarist should do. So, therefore, it's, I'm also very used to other people coming in and, you know, presenting a part. Here's this thing I I wrote to go with what you did. And I listen to it and go, that's not even remotely what I imagined. That's completely different, but I love it anyway. And for me as a bass player, I I really enjoy that, that aspect of the writing of presenting something to the guys. The guys will come in and say, here's this, and go, wow, that was, that's different. This song's going in a completely different direction now. But at the same time, that invigorates me and gives me new ideas. And that's how the songs come about. So they take, they take a long time to to come together, our songs. But um, I think they're much better for it as a result. And I think, you know, it's good that everyone feels like that they've, they've contributed, even if the original idea might not have been theirs, it's involved it's, it's in something, to, you know. Actually, going back to the Sheriff Rides, um, that was originally, in my mind, going to be a much quieter, folkier sort of song, until Phil came along with that drumbeat. And I was like, oh this is not at all as I was expecting, but this is fantastic. So we're going with this Fantastic.
0: <laughs> you know, and everything you're saying really makes absolute sense to me. I think I think, when you're writing in this these styles, let's say, you have to do things and sometimes allow it to integrate over time, even though you might be working 10 to the dozen, it's still integrating as to where, you know, so you can get to a place where you know it's going to be there or actually, you know, it could shift there, or something happens mm. and actually, no, it's all going to change. <laughs> it, it takes time to integrate all these things, yep. isn't it? You know, no.
1: Yeah, it it does, and it takes a take time to further and find their their voice in the song too. In the sense, like you know, when I've been in other bands and I haven't been a composer, you know, and I, um, some some will present something, I'll write a bass line to go with it, and they go, oh no, I'll, I'll hope you do this instead, and that can be really frustrating. You know, as a bass player, I'm used to that. You know, I want to try different things, but someone says no, no, that's not what I want you to do. So I'm really conscious when I'm composing that I don't do that to others as well. Sometimes I put my foot down, but but often it's just no, let's you know, because mm-hmm. you know. Somebody, I, well, a guitarist is always going to write a better guitar part than a bass player would, so, you know, I've got, I've got a run of that. So, you know, well, I certainly hope so anyway, but, but no, it's great. It's, it, it's all arguable
0: because so. you're the main composer, yeah. so, you know, you, you bring the ideas to the table in that respect and the, the other guys do obviously too. But it sounds like you've got a really good working situation there. Your, your working situation makes absolute sense to me. Sometimes you have to really say, no, absolutely mm. not. This is not where that's going because people can take something and not really understand where it's coming from in the first mm. place. And just run with
1: it. So yeah, 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 yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's about quite, you know, where it matters you know, and it matters less than you think it does too. I think cause I think it's like I said, I think the 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 inspiration you get from hearing how others interpret things is usually more rewarding than sticking to what you thought of in the first place. Yeah, um, indeed
0: absolutely mm. now what's interesting to me um well it shouldn't be in this day and age of course because we're so connected up now throughout the world through this thing that we are talking through now and uh so you have a uk record company can you tell us a bit about that
1: yeah sure so yeah so um okay so it's this is gravity dream so this is a new label just uh, started up just recently actually now it's run by a guy called Robin Armstrong. He is the main man from a band called Cosmograph. Um, have you heard of Cosmograph?
0: I have, yes.
1: Oh yeah, cool. Yeah, no, I, I, I've, I've loved Cosmograph for years. he's a Robin's very talented and writes some really, really cool stuff. So, um, so I've been following him for a long time and um, and enjoying his music. And then he announced a couple, probably a couple of years ago now, that he was going to start up a label to you know to, to support Cosmograph, but also just you know sort of to um, to you know, set the other artists on board, and he would you know also do producing and stuff like that, and help them out like that. So, I thought, well, you know, it's you know it's, it's very hard to um, for us here in New Zealand to get any traction. And somewhere like the UK, where, where progressive rock is much more popular, and so I thought, well, he's a you know we're, we're a new band starting out. He's a new label starting out. You know, we're, we're both in a position where you know maybe we could you know benefit each other in that regards and so I got, got in touch and he really enjoyed you know at this stage we hadn't mastered it but we did, he heard the mixes and he really enjoyed it and um, the album we, so we, we went from there so, we, so it's, that's been fantastic so he's I think he's in um, not he's in some, not not Devon I, I some, some, somewhere in, somewhere on in the south coast of, of England south westish coast I don't I've, I've never been to England so I don't I don't know the geography too well I think it's um um but yeah, he's he's based down there and so yeah so that's that's been great it's been great working with him on that and um so he's you know been able to you know he's he pressed the cd for us and um got it out in stores over there and, and on his distribution network and you know, got us some articles in, in Prog Magazine and stuff like that. So that's that's been a really, very fruitful relationship.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, love pro- I get my Prog Magazine, I get the real things, so I can't look at the screen for too long. So I kept mine about three months late after it's arrived. I'll have to check, which edition were you in actually? I'll have to go and check that out now.
1: I'll check it out um, online. I'll have to check. <laughs>
0: I'll yeah, check it out uh, online.
1: I <laughs> yeah, um, I can't remember. It now. I think it might have been John, Davison yeah. on the, um, John Anderson on the cover, I think. Okay. Oh, I'll
0: okay, yeah. Um, yeah.
1: No, it was Kate, bush
0: oh right yes I think it was like Kate
1: bush. okay cool yeah, because
0: um i, I I'll, yeah I'll, i can now rummage through my pile because they're all, you know i'm always three mm. months behind but i much prefer to read out the book uh you know you can yeah. check things quickly on the internet but i much prefer to sit down snug up with a cup of coffee then open yeah. the pages and read through and uh yeah, yeah that's great um yeah they're, they're a great little setup love jerry love all the guys there they're brilliant so uh, yeah
1: no it's, it's great keeping it keeping it all going for us all. yeah
0: absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah. it's what it's all about isn't it and mm. uh and that's why I've got to thank people like that I've had on my program recently, not to say the least, Gav Roland, but uh, I've just recently mm-hmm. had on um, uh, Olav Martin Bjørnson, and he's been a writer for years to so keep it all going. Mm-hmm. And so I t- um, now I've gotten used to getting writers on because they're keeping it going, they're getting these books out there, and they're, they're immortalising mm. us all, aren't they? So.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, no, exactly. It's, it's, you know, they, they love the music, and we write the music, and it's, 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 it's mm-hmm. an important relationship. You know,
0: it's, mm-hmm. it's everybody plays it's a key part. Everybody's a uh, key, aren't they? Hmm. so yeah um okay just a curiosity about you as a lyricist because you're right here right now Mm -hmm. do do your lyric does your lyrics i don't know what the correct english is there your lyrics (laughs) Mm -hmm. um are they coming from experience or are they coming from fantasy it was a mixture is it life that's happened to you um
1: We'll see. so I'll ask. Like, like Gav, Gav contributes to lyrics as well. He's he's written the lyrics. Um, like the picturesque postcard, That's his, that's that's all him. Um, and uh, uh, fives and nines was a collaboration between him and I. Um, as as was the minstrel. So the minstrel, the minstrel was um, an idea that Gav had, which um, we, we 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 worked that song out, and then I I wrote the lyrics based on his idea so we 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 could consider that. so i am very conscious as because i'm i'm writing lyrics for someone else to sing um because i'm, I'm not, you know i'm probably the weakest singer of the singers in the band and um, um so yeah so for me that's um that's quite that's quite the challenge uh, but i so i, I guess the lyrics come from uh yeah so i, I don't write from personal experience because it's they say I wouldn't be singing them, so it would be wrong to be giving my personal experiences to someone else to sing, and for the for that for that therefore they have the emotional content of that come through accurately. So where do you uh,
0: draw from 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 things you've seen, or from things of truth, or things of fantasy?
1: Ooh, I think like, well, I guess it's it's sort of just what. It evolved. I, 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 the music almost always comes first, not always, um, but most of the time. Like one major exception, there was the song "Ex memorium Memoriam." Uh, so that was a song. Yes, that's great. That, that was so that, that's, that's a song about um, I think that happened. Also. So that was we had in you know well, a while ago now, but it was the hundredth anniversary of um, the battles at Gallipoli. You know the the, the ANZACs yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we had Indeed. a we had the, the 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 parade in town in town here in Wellington um, for that and that vote that that put some very strong emotions in me, and um, I didn't didn't feel right. I'm I, I'm a bit of a I struggle with with Anzac Day and how it's sort of taken on this sort of celebratory thing rather than you know what it was, which was you know a really awful thing that happened to to those soldiers and told them that we had to do and stuff like that. And I, th- I think it it, f- it feels like the, the 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 real the real message got lost there. So the, um the along, along the way somewhere. So that song was. Probably the fastest lyric I've ever written, and that one was like I had these. That was eating me up, and they just poured out. So that oh, was, really? yeah. So wow. yeah. So that was sort of. Yeah. You know, but yeah, I think that, thing, like you know, when I say fast, that was like. So that's
0: ex memorial. That was yeah. ex memorial. Yeah, that was fantastic. Cause I, I love that, and I'm going to listen to that again very differently. It's. Uh... It's
1: talking about the parade. It's talking. It's talking about you know, the conscientious objectors and and you know the fact that we have just just how, you know, it was so long ago and we just aren't remembering it the way we or at least not all of it. You know, we're remembering certain aspects, but not other aspects. And I think that's something that I think I really admire be- uh, bands like The Band. Um, you know, Robbie Robertson, people like that. Um, also, like people like El Stewart and um, Big Big Train, who I'm sure you know. Um, I-, I love that that the way that they are writing sort of his- historical, but like finding the human element in that historical writing. Um, and that, that that's something I've always admired you know, admired, and I thought that felt appropriate possibly for the style of music that we're doing. So a lot, of, a lot of our songs, not all, but a lot, a lot of the songs come from that, where I say I'll, I'll take something you know, historical and try and just, just find, find the right angle that, that, to, to, to tell a story in a human way. So that, that's sort of my goal, I guess. And that's something I'll definitely be expanding on further in the next album.
0: That's beautiful thank you for thank you for sharing that um do you have a personal favorite at all within the album? I know it's very difficult because it's all part po- you know they're mm. all part of but do,
1: <laughs> do do, I, is there do, any
0: that you might just pick out yeah. and love playing do, you know, do, do I have a favorite reason? child <laughs> do you have a favorite child do you yeah. have a favorite, favorite bass part that yeah. you keep going back
1: to <laughs> yeah. um I, I guess in a sense one of my one of my favorites is the title track because that was that was, for me, was a conscious Yeah, that never intended to be, it wasn't the title track when I wrote it, but it became the title track. But the, the idea of that song, that was the second to last song we wrote for the album. That was one where I was deliberately saying, what have we got? What are our themes? What are, I want to tie them all together. I want to have something, and it, and it was sort of, and I guess that's the, that, that, that song, in some ways, is a bit of a tribute to folk music. Um
0: so you're talking about My Fair Lady. No, sorry, or... no, the Stories of Strangers.
1: Stories of Strangers, the, the Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah.
0: Stories of Strangers. That's beautiful.
1: Yeah. That's a great song. Yeah. So yeah. It, was, it was sort of like, you know, that was sort of where we just said, okay, this is this is what what are we saying with this album? And how can we sort of sum that up? And and it was just sort of that's just the idea of just, you know, we've got you know ideas of of, of music, musical, you know, musical ideas and lyrical things that have that have been handed down for over centuries sometimes. And um you know, and it's a sort of how way that that connection to our to our history and stuff like that. I, I think part of it, um, for me in particular, that song was, um I'm very aware that we're playing quite a British style of music, you know, and we're literally on the other side of the world. I've I've never been to the UK. I've never been to the British Isles, you know, even though that's my heritage mostly. And um and, and folk music is is all about this sort of this this you know this this is you know this, these are the your roots, you know, and. I don't know, like I can't, I, I can go back to about 1840 in my, in my ancestry, but I can't go further back than that. You know, the, the trail gets lost. And um, so I'm sort of drawing on this, on this tradition that is technically my heritage, but I literally live on the other side of the world from it and I'm disconnected from it. And so it was kind of, that's what that song's about. It's about just trying to, you know, like, um, it's the stories of strangers. These are people that I don't know, yet I'm still part of it and I'm still trying to tell it. And that was sort of yeah, my perfect. Yeah, my my sort of um way to reconcile that for myself for myself and how I can how I can so the, the lyric in there, you know, that we we follow a trail that's lost at the water's edge. And that's the idea. As soon as we hear it, we can say, you know, my, my ancestors arrived here in New Zealand in 1840, but um but beyond that the trail goes cold. You know, I don't know where it goes from that. I can't say that um which part of the uk they're they're from necessarily you know stuff like that and so it's it's interesting so it's a sort of it's, it's an examination of that but also it's a sort of a celebration of the fact that we that this this heritage exists and um that we can still carry it forward so that's yeah so that's that's and that's that one i guess is probably the most personal song on the album for me um and um that's probably probably resonates a lot um yeah musically i'm really proud of the minstrel um that was that was a really fun song. That was just sort of, Gavin and I put that together um, for the most part over, over a few weeks. And um, it was just, he had this cool idea of, you know, of the, you know, uh, you know a, a musician, you know, and what it would be, what it was like for a musician throughout the, the different periods. So we thought, well, let's, let's take the, you know, we, we, as you said in our, you know, we, we, we take a bit of baroque, a bit of jazz, a bit of, a bit of folk, a bit of, you know, and a lot of rock. And, well, you know, what was it like to be a musician? In those eras where those were popular, so each of the verses in that song is about that. So we we open with you know what would it be like for the sort of the folk musician in the days of you know playing for king barons and kings and stuff like that, and the travelling minstrel type thing. You start there, and then you shift to the more classical era where someone's composing. So it was, it was a yeah, and then we and you end up and we had this all, little little because because other you know, I think folk music is folk folk music can often be quite. Um, but just, yeah, at best bittersweet at worst depressing because you know the, the idea that you sort of you, you can't you know it, it's happy danceable tunes about morbid topics you know you, you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um but so, so you, know, you know I've always I'd love that about folk music, that, that disparity where you've got the you know the the um this happily dancey song that everyone's dancing to, but it's actually about someone pining for her love who drowned, you know, <laughs> you know, or someone who's, you know, who's who did it, you know, who
0: <laughs> for, for no
1: fault of their own encountered the devil and it all went horribly <laughs> wrong because it always does, you know. So um, I, I, I love that about folk music. And I, I, um, so 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 in the minstrel, you know, we, we go through each of the eras, you know, we go through and we get to this big, you know, part where we, we've got the... You know, the, the rock section where he's the rock musician, he's playing the stadiums and it's wonderful and stuff like that. And then we thought, well, how do we finish it? And then we realized, well, you know, what? what where are the minstrels these days? Because music has changed so much. There's now so much of this digital, so much, that the, the need to actually play an instrument is, isn't, isn't needed as much anymore. It's not celebrated as much as it once was. And that's, you know, that's a natural part of things, you know, the, the sort of music that younger people listen to today. And I don't begrudge that, you know, but it's sort of, so he ends up a busker on the street in the end you know so it's it's you've gone through all these phases of you know of you know I guess the general theme is poverty as all musicians can <laughs> can relate to because you know when, when you, how, how do you get by when you're trying to you know, do, you create music and then in the end you know so it's you know he's gone from stadiums and he ends up uh you know a bit of a, a busker on the street you know <laughs> hoping to get a few coins to get by sort of thing so that that's the story there so
0: that's just wonderful and it's just brought the the album even closer so thank you for that and uh, I do um appreciate that you're planning uh, to get out um not just around where you are in New Zealand but eventually when everything lifts and it's possible uh further afield aren't you to go go gigging touring
1: we'd we'd love to um it's 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 hard yeah it's it's tricky you know we are um you know, we we've got jobs, we've got you know partners and families and things like that. So it's um, touring is is something we would love to do, but it's also especially coming from New Zealand just straight away the just the distances and the, and the cost of the flights and things like that. It's a massive logistical and financial undertaking, and um, so it's it's a
0: balancing act, isn't it, with the family as well? And uh, you yeah, know, so it's, you, know, quite a big,
1: you know, like you know, because because our label is in the UK and we seem to you know people quite a, you know people. You, most of our sales of the album seem to be places like the UK and in Germany and stuff like that. And um, it would be wonderful, absolutely wonderful, to get over there to play, to play for audiences over there. But um, and but, yeah. I'm
0: hoping that I'm hoping that I can get across to your neck of the woods yeah. at some point and see some of you great bands over there because New Zealand has really got some great. Australia has, but you know because New Zealand's been more open to playing and there's been more playing over there. Even though I know that you had your situation where it's a small community, really, isn't it over there? Yeah, and everybody's obviously wanting a job to to play. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's um, it, it's it, it's it's kind of double edged sword being a musician in, in New Zealand because we are we are such a small, mar- yeah, you know, a small market as such. You know, I don't use I like, use the, We like to use the word market, but um, you know, we are. There's only you know, like you know, even you know, here here and around Wellington, you can only play so much before you oversaturate, and um, and so you know, I I, I we pref- we you know, we, I, I prefer to play you know, do a a few really good gigs occasionally rather than gig all the time um yeah and but it's just like you know even just, even just like getting up to auckland it's completely doable but it's you know it's t- it's time out from family and jobs and things like that so it's, it's, a, it's a it's a it's hard it's harder than it should be sadly but um but you just yeah it's um what you do you know if we, you know if we we're all younger and you know with fewer responsibilities and stuff you can, you, you can you can do that you can do the whole go in the van and sleep in the van and yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> it does change that, doesn't it? I mean, I I remember, you know, I'd sleep on a washing line just mm. to get across different countries of the world with my band and be playing. Uh, these days, if if the opportunity arises with all that's going on, you know, ever again, I should never travel like that again. I I refuse. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, exactly. I've done
0: that, been there, seen it, done it, got the t-shirt. We're a little older now. It would have to be uh, a little better than that, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think on that note, that's been this. Has been such a lovely conversation with you, Morgan. I thank you so much for bringing into today for fans of this music out there, and they've got a real good flavor of what you're about. And uh, yeah, so Morgan, where can they find you for people that are listening now, maybe driving so they've got it on here and they can go back and find it? Where can they find you? Okay,
1: well, cool. Um, we'll, we'll, um obviously, we're on, we're on all the streaming sites and stuff like that as well, but um, is one of the best places to get it. Um, the, you can actually listen to the entire, entire album on our website as well, just grumblewood.net. Um, yeah, so yeah. Have, have, do have a listen. It's you know, we, we, you know, at this, this age, it's, it's all freely available to listen to. Obviously, we'd love you if you could, if, if you were well, able to purchase an album if you liked it as well. But, um, but you know, but we're just happy for you to listen to us, uh, as well. So, yeah, so crumblewood.net, um, just search for us on Bandcamp as well. And, um, and we, we yeah, they're, they're, there you go, folks. Yep, there are there are still CDs available. Um, we, we're nearly sold out, but um, available available from our website if you want. So, we haven't been able to make vinyl yet, unfortunately, but um, working on it. Maybe, hopefully, fingers crossed.
0: Oh, of course yeah that, that'll come later yeah <laughs> um yeah and that'll be fantastic as well particularly as the sort of music that you are that'll be wonderful on vinyl um okay so thank you once again so very much for coming in and I really look forward to you know when the, when the borders open up and um there's no nonsense going on and we can travel freely without restriction and all that stuff I really do look forward to coming over there and seeing you and uh a host of other bands but I really do look forward to coming to see you and meeting you guys you know and uh when you've got uh, some more stories to tell a second concept album we'll have to get you back in again with the rest of the gang yep. uh, it'd be great to meet all the others yeah absolutely <laughs> on here uh, yeah that'd be, that'd be fantastic so um thank you so much once again and uh is there any message you'd like to leave the fans of this music out there with
1: um so just a big huge thank you to those of you who still enjoy albums and still you know and, and still purchase them you know you, you keep us all going and that's that's wonderful and so it's just yeah you know it's Say an age of streaming and singles and stuff like that. It's really nice to know there's people out there who still value, value those of us who do it the old way. Um, so just, yeah, just thank you for that, and I hope you really enjoy our album. Well,
0: there you go. That was Morgan from Grumblewood, New Zealand's finest folk rock band, and uh, not to be missed. I mean, you know, it's just great stuff. So this is Morgan saying cheerio to you.
1: Thanks, everyone. Thank you very much, Tracy
0: you're very welcome and so guys don't forget you know uh take care of one another look after each other and uh, we know what it's like out there and uh, this is going to come to an end and the music is just amazing so don't forget that keep that in your hearts isn't it great and uh and uh please join me again next week on Tracy's Prog World and it is over and out from Tracy's Prog World